Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Faith Renewed this morning. Thank you for coming this morning on this Labor Day weekend. Just want to, first and foremost, I want to I thank Carly for leading us this morning. Yes. That was some awesome worship this morning. Touched my heart. Also, I want to welcome all the first-time guests here this morning. I thank you so much for coming out. Faith and Newt, if you would, let our first-time guests know you're, you're thankful to have them. And if you have, if you are a first-time guest and uh, you haven't noticed, we're family here. So when you come through those doors, you're part of our family. We love you. So if you would go ahead and open your Bibles, go ahead and open your Bibles to First Samuel chapter thirteen. Yeah, that's one thing we love around here is the Bible, because if it ain't the Bible, it ain't nothing, right? Amen. Well, we're in the uh, series, The Greatest Stories Ever Told. We've been going through the Old Testament, book by book. And this series has been something else. I've talked to a lot of people, and this series has just uh, blessed their hearts, just stepped on toes, and stepped on mine. It let me realize a lot of the background history of why we believe what we believe today. Because, well, without the history, we wouldn't be here, right? So, um, if you got your Bibles open already, we're going to read 1 Samuel 13, verses 8 through 15. It says, Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal. And I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolish, foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord will, would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel rose and went from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin. And bought and Saul 
numbered the people present with him, about 600 men. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for your, your mighty word, God. Thank you for laying your word in our hearts and changing our lives, God. Thank you for your word being alive and guiding us. As we study your word, God, I pray that you just continue to reveal things to us and lay out the path for us, God, and let our eyes be open to what you're saying and what you're telling us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, verses 9 and 10 here are very important, okay? Uh, pretty much most of us here, I think, can, uh, can relate to these two verses. Nine said, nine says, so Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me, and he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished preaching, presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. Now where I think most of us can relate to this is, uh, is pretty much our patience, Right? Okay, so our first point for today is going to be God's timing is always on time and never late. Saul's patience was not there. Okay? That virtue was weighing very thin on him at that time. How many of you can relate to having short patience? That's right. I bet you most of you right now I'm probably like, man, I, I was trying to get to church this morning. I was running late. Long clock went off a little late, whatever, and I had to get there. Or going to work, things run a little late on there, and you got to make it happen. you got to be there or you getting docked, right? Nobody likes to get docked for their time, so you got to be there. Next thing you know, you turn to a swerving Irving. I. I know how it is. I know how it is. There's some, there's some words come out, don't it? That's right. I see the faces. I know. I see the conviction there. You, you politely tell them to move over, right? Just move over. But that's when you turn around and you're going to make it happen. You're looking for that opening. You're, gonna, you, you just, you're just looking. Just, oh, man, where's it at? Where's that, where's that break? Next thing you know, boom, you blow the doors off, right? Then what happens? You get up to the red light, and everyone catches you. <laughs> it happens. It happens. And what else happens? That guy, you just blew his doors off. You just blew the smoke in his grill. He pulls up right beside you. And there you go. You take off again. Boom. Got to make it happen. Got to be, God, can't be late. Can't be late. You pull up your destination. Get out of your car. There goes the guy drive right by you. You, you. you was in a rush. That patience wasn't there. You was in a rush for that extra 30 seconds worth of time, right? Well, that's what Saul, that's, that's pretty much where Saul was. In verse 6 there, it says, When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger... For the people were distressed. Then the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. He saw his people was getting worried. 
They were scared that the Philistines was going to come down on them and the Philistines was going to crush them. They were scared. So Saul was feeling the pressure. He was feeling the pressure. i got to make something happen. And he's waiting on Samuel to come to supply the offering, to ask for the favor of God for him. Right? But he rushed it. He rushed it. He went ahead and he provided the offering himself. And then just like just like you was driving like Jeff Gordon there, as soon as he was finished, here comes Samuel. If he had just waited, Samuel could have would have came and it would have been done according to the Lord. So pretty much Saul right there, he uh he pretty much summed up his reign as king right there. He started looking to himself instead of to God. And the way God said, you do these things my way. Verses uh, 13 and 14 there. Said, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom for, over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be his be to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. How do you think Saul felt when Samuel told him that? He probably didn't feel too good. When the boss man comes down on you, you feel a little low, don't you? Saul felt probably felt humiliated, defeated a little bit. Probably felt pretty dumb. But, you know, that's what happens when we turn around and uh, when God is commanding us and God is leading us and guiding us and we're trying to put God first, but then we step back and start looking to ourselves, start looking to our actions. That's going to lead us to Proverbs, okay? Uh, chapter 16. Verses 1 through 3. It says, the, uh, it's, we're going to read this from the message version here, okay? It says, uh, For mortals make elaborate plans, but God has the last word. Humans are satisfied with whatever looks Looks good. God probes for what is good. Put God in charge of your work. Then what you've planned will take place. So now if you're trusting God, you're praying, you're seeking Him in your ways, and not just the big things. I'm talking about the little things. From the time you get up, time you're getting ready for work, going to work, trying to figure out what you're going to have for supper, even those, those little things, reading a book, choosing a book to read, speaking to the cashier at the store, whatever it is. If you're trusting God and you're letting Him work through you, He's going to guide you and you're going to know the right way. And when you see that right way, be sure to follow that path. Don't be Saul. Now that brings us to our second point today it's where your faith lies determines your future 
That right there was really heavy on me this week. Who wants a good future? That's right. Every hand should be up because nobody wants a bad one. I'm going to, this Romans chapter 8, okay, says, verses 5 through 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, so I went to dictionary.com. And I looked up carnally minded. Well, the the definition of carnal came up. And it says pertaining to or characterized by the flesh or the body. It's passions and appetites. Not spiritual. Merely human. Temporal or worldly. You see, Saul, he was chosen by God. He was anointed to do the job as a king for his people. He had his chances to be obedient, but he chose otherwise, just like the people of Israel did. We learned last week. We're going to go back just a little bit and reread that verse from last week in uh, 1 Samuel 8. Verses 11 through 19. It says, And he said... This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots to be his horsemen. And to some will ruin, will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. Will set some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest. And some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. And he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your, and your olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain, your vintage, and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys, and put them to work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourself, for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and they said, No, but we will have a king over us. You know, they knew right from wrong. God had done, brought them through so much for so many years. God was their king. God was leading them. God was guiding them. But still, they chose of the flesh. We want to see our king. We want to hear directly from our king. We want to be able to touch our king if we want to. We want him to rule. Even though God laid it out for them. You choose against me, you're choosing bad for your life. Who in here likes paying the government? Nobody. Nobody. But that's what that's what they did. I'll give it to them. Give it to them. Foolish decisions. Foolish decisions. 
But that's what they, they made the decision to make them feel good, made them feel safer. Who can relate to that? When you get in that tough time, when you get in that predicament, you don't know what to do. Most of, most of the time, we don't, as our human brains function, we choose the easier path, the path that's going to make us feel safe. We're not so much different from them back then. <clears throat> now I'm going to read a, just a little story here by this man named uh, Robbie Dawkins. This is an account that he had. I don't know if you know who Robbie Dawkins is. He's a, but he's a, if you don't, he's like an evangelist, okay? He's sort of Chicago area from that way, but he, he travels the world. And uh, he runs into all kinds of stuff. It's, you got to look him up sometime. He some pretty encount, amazing encounters uh, that, that you find out from, through him. But this is a little story that he posted this week, and I thought it really hit home here. It says uh, it's about a se- severe hip injury that was healed. Okay, I'm going to read it like how he, how he told it, okay? It says, I was at an auto parts store yesterday, and a man walked past me with a prominent limp. I asked if he was in pain, and he said yes, that he needed hip replacement but couldn't afford it, even several years ago when the injury first happened. He looked pretty poor. I asked what happened, and he told me he fell off his bike while riding three years ago and damaged the cartilage as well as some muscles. I told him that if he would let me pray that Jesus would heal him. He said, I believe in Jesus, but don't believe that stuff still happens through people. I explained that Jesus not only gave his word, but also his power and authority. He said, well, I'll let you try. But if this happens, I will have a lot of questions for you to answer. How many of you been there? I have. All right, now, I prayed, commanding all be made new and pain to leave as well as discomfort. He checked it. And he was walking better and said the pain was a five. Prayed again. He checked and said his pain level was a one. He began to tear up and then asked if I was a healer. Still looking to man. I said, sir, I'm a carrier of Jesus and his kingdom. Prayed again and now he is walking just fine and said his pain was 0.5. Tears now in abundance. He said it is real. It is really real. He had already accepted Christ, but when I asked for any questions, he replied, well, I can't think of one now. Come on, yeah, that's right. He deserves a... You see, that man, he had his faith in man. He had his faith in doctors. He couldn't afford to go to the doctors. So he was just going to live with the pain in his hip, severe pain, constantly limping around when if he had trusted in the physician, he would have been healed from the get-go. You see, where his faith was lying was in man. You trust man, you trust in man, you'd be sadly mistaken. Trust in man, that's a one-way road. Straight, sorry, but to hell. You trust in Jesus, it's a path to righteousness. Amen? 
But this man, he gave a little bit of faith there to let him initially pray for him. And then who showed up? Jesus. His faith turned to Jesus at that point. His life was changed forever. His faith, his future was changed forever. Now, he had witnessed it firsthand that Jesus is the future. That his faith lying in Jesus would do anything for him. He'll, his faith in Jesus would bring him through that muck through life that throws us for a loop. Now, First Peter chapter one. Excuse me, dry throat. First Peter chapter one. If I get to it, I'll be doing good. First <laughs> Peter chapter one, verses three through four, says, um, "Blessed be the God of." Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith of salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I went a little far, sorry. I got caught up. I love it. <laughs> that brings us to a point here where I was I was sort of thinking to myself, all right, what, what exactly does this mean? And I have a study note here in my Bible of uh, for verse 4. Okay? Now, verse 4 reads, To inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, my note says, Unlike ancient Israel's inheritance of Canaan, the Christian's inheritance is eternal life in the kingdom of God. So, if you know, we live today by the grace of God. The grace that when we mess up, when we fall down, He picks us up. He forgives us. Amen? Who needs forgiveness in here? I do. I do something every every day. Every day. I don't mean to, but I do it. But that grace, that doesn't give us a pass. That doesn't give us a pass to just willfully go and do whatever. Because God's going to pick us up. You still got to live by His Word. You got to live by His commandments. When something happens, Holy Spirit convicts you. When you mess up, He convicts you. And repentance. Repentance is not just asking for forgiveness. It's when you are you feel that, that conviction... When you said them choice words telling that guy to move over, when you felt that in your heart, and the Holy Spirit said, Hey, bud, slow your roll. He belongs to God. He's a child of the King. When that happens, you know what? That's when you 
lay, think of that conviction and you hold that to your heart and your repentance is at being, being sorry for it and turning from it. Knowing that that was wrong and accepting your role in that because that's your role. This is a two-way street in life. God and us. He gives, but we got to give too. So we're going to go to first, back to 1 Samuel. I'm back and forth, ain't I, guys? 1 <laughs> Samuel chapter 15. We're going to spend a little time, camp out here for a few minutes. Chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 16. It says, Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I'll tell you what the Lord has said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. Now the night before, Samuel had been in constant conversation with God. And God had done told him. You know, he was, he was grieved by Saul's actions. By Saul of walking in his path instead of God's path. So Samuel's telling him what God what God was telling had revealed to him throughout the night. Then Samuel said to Saul, "Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night." And he said to him, "Speak on." So Samuel said, "When you were little, in your own eyes, were you not head? Uh, were you not head of the tribes of Israel?" Did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the Amalekites and fight against them until they were consumed. They are consumed. Then why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and brought back Agag, the king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed that to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an inequity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He had also has rejected you from being king. We're going to skip down to verse 26. But Samuel said to Saul, I will, re I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe, and it tore so Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours. Who is better than you? That leads us to our fourth point. 
What in your life is playing the role as king? You know, Saul was convinced that he was doing right. He was doing the best thing for the people. He was doing right in the, in the sight of the Lord. He was convinced that he was okay. But what was he doing? He was operating under his own authority, not God's. His authority had become the king in his life, not the true king. So I want to ask you today, is there something in your life that's running a higher power in your life than God? What in your life is being the king over you? Search your hearts now. Think about it. It could be something small. Like, man, I wish he'd shut up so I'd go eat. Are you thinking about food before you put in God's Word first? Are you thinking about going and sitting on the riverbank with a pole in the hand? That's, you'd rather be doing that? Would you be rather sitting in a tree stand over spending time with God? It could be the fun things in our life. It could be habits. It could be habits. There's things in our life that we have to do. We feel that we just have to do. Whether it be, I mean, I don't know, fixing on a car. We have to get out there and fix on that car every day, no matter what. We have to, we have to, we have to. Smoking. Got to have that cigarette. It's a stronghold in your life. You got to have it. It makes you, you got to have it. Drinking alcohol. You got to have it. It grabs hold of you and it rises up. It says, You can't function without me. You got to have it. Is it pornography? The lust of the flesh easily makes you feel good, it makes you feel a okay. A okay. But in reality, it's B and C and D and carrying you straight to Z. It's not A. It's not making you feel good. It's fooling you. It's fooling you. It's tricking your mind. It's tricking your body, making you feel good. So you're thinking it's okay. And those things consume your life. Those things consume your life. And next thing you know, man, I just need to check Facebook one more time. I need to check Facebook one more time or Instagram. Post that picture of my food that I took at lunch making BJ hungry. Yeah, that's right. I see your post. And it does make me hungry. But how many people, how many of you go to a restaurant and what people are doing? You hear the little clicking of the keys or whatever. That stuff becomes the king in your life. Instead of putting Jesus before before that stuff. How many of you think, oh man, I really need to read my Bible today, and you sit down and start watching that TV. And they thing you know, oh man, I gotta go to bed. So I get up and go to work next day. And then you didn't read your Bible. You didn't read God's word. 
You didn't spend that time with him. Or sitting there surfing through Facebook for two hours. I've done it. You get going and you get wrapped up in everybody's pictures and posts and, and the drama and the dirty laundry. That's right. That's right. I see that too. And that becomes your king. And eventually, you're just so consumed by it, it's like you're just out of touch. Who's, who's felt that? Who's felt like you're out of touch with God? But guess what? It's not on God's account. Take an accept, acceptable part in your role in this. That's yours. Now, Francis Chan, I don't know if you've heard of Francis Chan, but uh, he's a pastor out west and a very, very influential speaker, very biblically, biblically grounded. I respect this man very much and uh, a lot of the things he says. He speaks truth. And this is a quote by him. It says, It is true that God may have called you to be exactly where you are, but it is absolutely vital to grasp that He did not call you, didn't call you there so you could settle in and live your life in comfort and superficial peace. Man, that stepped on my toes, okay? That stepped on my toes because uh, for many reasons. But Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You have to look to God as king, not yourself, not to other things, not Facebook, not Twitter, not the restaurant, not that 69 Camaro. You have to look to God as your king. Search your heart, search your soul, search your flesh. When you're feeling inadequate, when you're in that tough situation, you're uncomfortable, right? Guess what? You're made to be uncomfortable. Jesus, when He was resurrected, and He ascended to heaven. He said, I'm sending one after me that's better for you than me. He sent the Comforter. Holy Spirit. When you're in that place and things ain't feeling quite so good, things are a little uncomfortable, don't cry about it. Turn to the Holy Spirit. Let Him comfort you. Open your hearts and let Him comfort you. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Those are the words of Jesus. You're not going to tell me that, that was nothing to, to not look to. 
Jesus said, narrow is the gate. That means it's going to be tough. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit is here. To get you through that tough spell. To get you through that muck, that, that swamp that you're walking through. The Holy Spirit is going to get you through that. The Comforter is going to give you peace in your life when you're troubled. He's going to give you the peace to get you through life, to let you wake up the next day. To go to work. To do His work. Now, if everyone would stand with me. Please stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed here. You know, life is a tough road. Life is a, is a very tough road. It is never once promised that uh, that road is going to be, that path is going to be easy. That you're going to walk, it's going to be paved and not, not walking on gravel. Jesus said, they will persecute you because first they persecuted me. So when you're going through that tough time, don't think you're the first person to go through it. Don't think you're the only one that's ever went through it or going to go through it. Jesus went through it before you. Jesus was beaten. He was broken. And He was hung on the cross for you for that. He went through it before you. Now, like I said before, search your heart. Be thinking about what is king in your life. And I'm calling king here with a little K. Because those things can loosen. Those grasps can loosen in your life. And if you have got a little king, a king in your life, reject that king. Reject that king today. This altar is going to be opened up here in just a second, okay? Matter of fact, it's open now. If you want to come on down, you're more than welcome. But come down to the altar. Reject that little king in your life, that little K. And accept the big K. The true king in your life. Don't be Saul. Don't think that by your own authority you're going to make it and you're doing best. Remember whose authority came before you, whose authority created you. And give it to Him. Now also today, if you haven't accepted the Lord as your, as your Savior, Jesus is your Savior, do not waste another second. Do not waste another minute. Because tomorrow's not promised. The next ten minutes not promised. Lunch is not promised. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, as God is your King, it might be too late if you wait. So, if it's conviction on your heart and you haven't accepted Jesus today, if you haven't accepted Jesus today, with every head bowed and eyes closed in here, nobody else is going to see it. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If I don't see any hands, I'm going to go on here.
Okay? Well, good. That means God is King in your life. And Jesus is in your heart. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord for that. Now, like I said, search your heart. Reject the little king. I'm going to be down here at this altar praying because there's little kings in my life that i got to reject. There's little things that's crept in that I've got to reject. So I'm going to be here praying. And I'm asking you to come down here and pray with me. Reject the king, the little king in your life. Accept the, the true king. And give it to him. Let his authority guide you. Let his authority move in your life. And let you be blessed by his authority. And also, if you have any other needs, if you're hurting today, if you're physically hurting, if you're emotionally hurting, spiritually hurting, no matter what, if you need prayer for anything, we'll be down here and we'll pray for you. We're family. That's what we do. There'll be somebody down here to lift you up and pray with you. There's no condemnation in this room because every last one of us has got something. Don't be afraid to share with someone, to ask for prayer, to be lifted up. This has been a podcast of a special guest speaker brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org. 